The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. I'm Victoria Moran, and this is Main Street Vegan, and this is my favorite way to do the show because I am not sitting in my living room all by myself except for my faithful dog, Forbes. My faithful dog, Forbes, is here, but there's also a whole room full of wonderful, wonderful people because this is a week that we are doing Main Street Vegan Academy. So I would like for everybody who's here to give us a good old shout out. Let's say something I often say on this show which is, hey there, I grew up in Missouri, give me a break. One, two, three, hey there! Yeah, that's how we know everybody's here. Okay, good deal. And I have a charming co-host, and I have a wonderful, wonderful guest we're going to be bringing on in just a couple of minutes, Dr. Fred Bishi. He has just spoken for an hour and a quarter for these lucky people who are here live. And I just feel like I could listen to him forever and ever and ever. And when we tell you how long he has lived on this planet, well, you just won't believe it, especially if you were looking at him. We'll bring him on in a little bit. But first, I would like to introduce my enchanting co-host for the day, Natalie Jandal. Hey, Natalie, how you doing? Hi, Victoria. I'm good, thank you. And maybe you haven't quite said enough for people to get it, that you come from a faraway place. Where might that be? I come from Australia, the east coast of New South Wales. That sounds really far. So what brings you to New York City and Main Street Vegan Academy? Well, you did, actually. (laughs) The Main Street Vegan Academy brought me here. I've been wanting to do it for two years, and I'm finally here. I'm excited. 
I'm excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. So what's the vegan scene like in your part of Australia? Where, where I particularly live in, I live in a country town. It's considered a country town. It's called Coffs Harbour, which is now a city. There's not many vegan options. Um, so I like to travel the world and discover all these vegan options that I have around, that, are, that we have overseas. And Jen, I'm lucky enough that I can do that and ha- have that experience. But, however, where I live, I'm very limited and I have to, like, pretty much um, lock myself in my house and feed myself and feed my friends in that in that respect. I don't get to share it or enjoy it outside of my home. Although we have heard that veganism is really growing in Australia, that it's one of the places where it's growing faster than anything, but maybe that'll be Sydney and Melbourne first and then it will kind of reach Slowly. some of the other places. Yeah, I mean, we have some other country towns which are really well known to be a little bit, bit more alternative, which is, which is not that not too far a drive away. <laughs> But, again, they still have a limited amount of um, vegan restaurants or even vegetarian restaurants, and it's definitely it's more prominent in Sydney. I'm starting to see big vegan signs in front of Sorbet, and, you know, it's starting to – I'm starting to notice that. I was only there last week, and I'm starting to notice the word vegan is, you know, shouting out to people, and which is – which made me feel really good, good. yeah, mm-hmm. because it's ta- yeah, it's it's taken a while. It's been very secretive, and it's starting to like slowly come out. We should have shouted out vegan instead of hey there. Now yeah. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> oh well, another show, another time. So, how did you hear about Main Street Vegan Academy? Well, I was actually in a bookshop in Sydney in an alternative um, town called Newtown. And I was actually sitting in, like, as I do, I sat in a, a vegan cafe that doesn't exist anymore. And your book, your the section where your book was, was right by my table where I was eating. And it's a, one of those bookshops where you can just grab a book and eat at the same time. So I started flicking through it. And yours was the only book that wasn't a recipe book. It was more of a, you know, it, made, it, it was a book about being a vegan. And I was like, wow, someone else is written a book about my whole experience and how I perceive veganism. And I thought, oh, how cool is this? It's making me feel so normal. And, you know, it really really brought a lot of um, normality into how I felt as a vegan and how I introduced veganism to other people because your book reaffirmed that for me. So, And then I discovered that you had an academy and I was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, so here I am. I'm here Um, now sitting next to you. That is really exciting. I yeah. love to hear the stories of how people find this. I think if you're meant to do this work in the world, yeah. you, you find a way to do it. Ooh, we should have some of that Twilight Zone music that goes da-da-da-da-da. Well, it is my pleasure right now to invite into our conversation Natalie and everybody listening, our special guest for today, Dr. Fred Bishi. Now, I have heard of Dr. Bishi forever because I started looking for answers to my own problems basically with obesity and and compulsive eating when I was very young and Dr. Fred's name was bantered about quite a bit and more recently the person who's been talking you up nonstop is John Joseph, lead singer of the Cro-Mags. We're going to be having him on the show in a couple of weeks. Now he was a healthy young guy starting out but he believes that working with you has given him this incredible super health that he didn't have before he got started. Dr. Fred Bishy, and that is B-I-S-C 
F-R-E-D-B-I-C-I. You'll need to know that because the website is Fred Bishy for Health. And the four is a numeral. Fred, B-I-S-C-I, numeral for health. Dot com. You'll want to go there. He has many years experience as a clinical nutritionist, food scientist, lifestyle and longevity expert, detox consultant, and a juice bar and nutrient former advisor. He is the author of Your Healthy Journey, Discovering Your Body's Full Potential. Now, I know every week I have somebody on the show, just about every week, who's written a book, and I say, oh, it's a really good book. You've got to read it because, you know, there are a lot of really, really good vegan books. But I have to tell you, you know that question people say, if you were stranded on a desert island, what would you want to grab for the journey? This would be the book. If I could only take a couple of books, you know, there'd be the Bible and uh, maybe the Alcoholics Anonymous big book because that's my spiritual journey. But this book, Your Health Journey, would come. I have read it many more times than once. And there are so many great things in here that I'm going to be asking you about, Dr. Fred, mm-hmm. about your eating guidelines and so mm-hmm. forth. And now I need to tell you the piece de resistance. This man is 84 years old. We just listened to him speak, standing and walking around. Chairs were available. He didn't take one. And I was listening to you say things like, when I run and when I'm doing heavy athletics and when I'm working out, that is not a phrase in the present tense that you hear from people who are 84, unless they're you. What makes you different? Well, actually, I'm really a pretty pretty ordinary guy, and (laughs) I like to... Just for people that, some young lady asked me a question about autism. Actually, when I was a kid, I got kicked out of just about every school I went to because I had a very severe speech impediment, and I was dyslexic, and I didn't know it. And I had come to the conclusion that I was really stupid because I couldn't read. I had trouble reading. And uh, so I was very athletic. I came from a very athletic family, and uh, I got interested in my athletic performance because I wanted to perform well athletically because that was going to be my persona. That was going to be who I was. I didn't want to be known as Fred Bishy, the guy that couldn't read. And uh, every time I had to stand up in class, I'd be very embarrassed because I couldn't read. I wanted to be known as Freddie, the, the guy that was a good athlete, was a good boxer, good weightlifter, and whatever. So then when I, I volunteered to go into the Korean War, I went into the Korean War, and that's when I really got interested in, in nutrition, and I started to change my dietary lifestyle, and I saw a dramatic change in my emotional state, um, even physically. I mean, I lost quite a bit of weight, <clears throat> but I started to see what the potential really was to when you change your dietary lifestyle, and then that came to fruition when I became a, a, a vegan raw foodie. That was, that was a whole new trip. That was just unbelievable. And I'm not the type of person that likes to exaggerate something, because I don't think that's a good idea, because I'm not really pitching something. I'm trying to share some knowledge I have, experiences that I've had, what you can really accomplish. And I think that most people probably could do much better at this than I could. But as long as you persevere, I was tenacious in my perseverance because I had something to prove. And I'm still that way. I always, I'm never satisfied with my own performance because I think I have this lingering unconscious or subconscious uh, 
feeling that I'm never really going to measure up. So I go all out to 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 do better than than uh, than I'm than we can do. But this is remarkable, and for people to get into a vegan lifestyle, we just much fresh raw food as they possibly can, and get spiritually grounded, grounded, maintain a, a positive state of mind because the thoughts we entertain become a reality, especially epigenetically. So I'm very happy. This was a pleasure for me to come here to see people that are really into this and really going to be able to go out and share their experience and their knowledge with other people. So I'm very grateful you gave me the opportunity to come here. Oh, we're so grateful to have you. Hey, Freddie, when people are living a raw food lifestyle correctly, why do they have such a quality life and age so well? Well, uh, basically it's because you're leaving out the processed food. See, the great thing about a raw food lifestyle is you're leaving everything out that could possibly be damaging to you. There's so many things out there that we're putting in our mouth that are really causing us a problem, and people are not even thinking about that. You know, when, if you're going out to buy some furniture for your house, you're going out to buy a refrigerator or a new stove, or you're going out to shop for a new car, you're probably going to go online and look around and see where you can get the best, most efficient piece of equipment for your money, and you're going to make sure that uh, it's not going to break down and probably get maybe the best warranty or guarantee. Well, I don't understand when people put food in their mouth, how come they're not, you know, looking at what they're putting into their mouth and the effects it's going gonna, it's gonna to have on them. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people are just totally unaware, and when they're exposed to the truth, they think it's exaggeration or quackery. So the great thing about what I've experienced, and I made a lot of mistakes. I did a lot. When I was exp- going through the raw food uh, experience, I made some mistakes, but I made sure that I learned from my mistakes. I thought... When it comes to fasting, I fasted over 40 days on water because I didn't believe some of the things that people were saying. Mm. Not over 100 days on juices, as John Joseph and people know. Because I want to be able, before I told somebody that they could do something, I wanted to make sure that I did every single thing that I'm telling them that could be done safely. And I believe people have a lot of trust in what I say. That's why I'm not going to promote something or prostitute my belief system because somebody's offering me a lot of money, I'm just not going to do it. So everything I'm telling people to do from a, from a, a clinical standpoint, I mean, I've done it. It's been done. Now, is this a panacea that works 100% of the time? Of course not. That means I would live forever, which it's not going to happen. I'm only planning for the next 30 years now. But so the key is to, you know, ex- have your own experience. That's the key. Is this exciting stuff or what? Yeah, this is amazing. Well, and we're lucky, and everybody listening, I think, is lucky. I hope you're feeling that because we have a whole another 40 minutes with Dr. Fred Bishy just after these words. Stay with us, and we'll be back with more raw vegan amazement. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world.
what if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. At Metaphysical Romp 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, and thanks so much again for being with us today. I'm here with Natalie Janda, all the way from Australia, and with Dr. Fred Bishy. His website is fredbishy 4 numeral 4 healthcom The book is Your Healthy Journey. And one of the things that I just love in this book, Dr. Bishy, is that you have an intermediate-level lifestyle menu, and then you have more of a menu for people who want to be more vegan, more raw, so you really meet people where they're at. How did you come up with that concept? Well, you know, I see such a a vast difference of people in my practice, so I wanted to devise a type of a diet where I would be creating parameters where if a person wanted to be a vegan, all they had to do was leave out the animal protein. If they wanted to give up the grains, all they had to do was leave out the grains. It's actually a numerical system, and the way it's combined underneath in that paradigm is like a vitality code. You still, If you leave out the animal protein, of course, you're going to be getting more than enough protein. There's nuts, seeds, avocados. Uh, there's an abundance of sprouting, like, you know, different types of sprouts, like mung bean sprouts. So getting enough protein is not a problem. So I wanted to devise a diet that just about I could, when somebody, somebody came into my office, I could say, okay, you just, you're going to be a vegan, just leave out the animal protein, and you could follow this whole diet. If you want to get closer to a raw diet, you want to leave out the grains unless you sprout them, you want to, you know, 
uh, eliminate some of the other things that are in there. If you don't want to eat the tubers, <clears throat> like potatoes and sweet potatoes and yams, you can leave them out. But the, the, we have to have some form of carbohydrate, either you know simple sugars or complex sugars. If you're into want to have a lot of energy, you got to eat the fruit, or you have to eat um, the uh, um, the carbohydrates like potatoes, starches. Because a lot of people that are vegans eat a lot of starches. They don't even eat the grains. They have a tremendous amount of energy. You want to make sure that you're getting enough calories from this high-quality type of diet so you can have a lot of energy where if you're into activity, you're into exercise, especially endurance exercise, you'll have more than enough of uh, endurance on this type of a diet once you get through the detox. That's exciting stuff. It is, yeah. But thank you. Thanks for that. Okay. Um, I've, I've actually got, there's a question here that one of our students asked that I'm, I'm, I'm actually very passionate about as well. And the question is, do you think more real nutritional information will be implemented in medical schools in the near future? Well, that's a pretty tough question to be perfectly honest with you because I know uh, quite a few doctors that are uh, nutritionally oriented, but um, as far as getting into medical schools, I hope and pray that they do. But based on what I've seen in the last 50 years, I'm not really too optimistic. Now, there's one doctor, I think it's Dr. Mills. I don't know if anybody's familiar with Dr. Mills. as a medical doctor. I just found out about him recently. He's a fabulous young black fellow. Oh, Milton Afri- Mills. Milton Mills, the African-American guy. He is great. Mm-hmm. And that guy is really on the right track. He's a vegan. Mm-hmm. He pushes, he helps, uh, he speaks all over the country, free. He doesn't know, speak for money. He's a, I think he graduated from Stanford University with the high, was that he graduated from Stanford? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And he's a great guy. Now, when I heard about, uh, what's his first name, Milton? Milton, yeah. Milton Mills, when I heard about him, and I found out a little, a little bit about him, I said, wow, this is then his hope. And I know some other doctors that are into nutrition, but I know some uh, doctors from India that are into it, but they won't incorporate it into their practice. They say, I'm not a nutritionist. I can't incorporate it into my practice. I'm a medical doctor. I have to treat people medically. I said, why is that? He said, well, there's certain, certain things I have to do to, you know, to be in good standing in the medical profession. I Look what happened to the, look what happened to Doctor Raj there. He had a he had a back down, and uh, you know look what they tried to do to him. I'm not saying he was right about everything he said, but as far as I'm concerned, Doctor Raj was attracting more good more good information for people that went to into health on the television. I, I personally I I think there's there's plenty of things I disagree with him about, but that's. Um, I think he's a plus in helping mm-hmm. us get more attention from mainstream people. But mainstream people, I see a lot of mainstream people. They are totally unaware of the food they're eating is a disaster. They're completely unaware. And they think when you talk, talk to them about leaving out animal protein, they think, they think they're going to die. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to have some kind of a... Information that people are getting from people like yourself, Victoria, to realize and see a room full of people that really look good to realize, wait a minute, this is perfectly safe. I'm not, this isn't like something going out into the outback in Australia and living like an aborigine. This is, this is going to be mainstream stuff. Well, I'm interested in the differences in when ways that people are vegan. And I see that 
pretty much anybody who's vegan is healthier than anybody who isn't. Now, I understand you could be a complete junk food vegan, but I've never met anybody that complete. (laughs) So I just want to know how you see more of a high raw diet doing something better for people than even a vegan diet. What's the edge you get from that? Well, in spite of what some people, what you hear from some people, uh, that you have to eat some cooked uh, food so you get all the nutrients that when you when you cook your vegetables, you're breaking down the fiber and the cellulose to reduce um, more of the, uh, the nutrients that you need. That's not really true. That's why God gave us teeth and we got to make, uh, you know, green smoothies. Now, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that, God. That, that's, that's, it's ridiculous. Now, uh, I understand what the question is, but there is a certain amount of um, um, marginal nutrient loss uh, when you're eating, uh, basically, if you're eating, uh, say, eating a vegan diet that's 70, 80% uh, cooked, you're not going to get the same quality from your food. It's not going to have the same uh, impact on you than if you're eating at 70, 80% raw and 20% cooked. The best way to to realize the difference is like when a lot of people come to see me. I don't. I'm not dogmatic. I don't push anybody into anything because I, it doesn't work. So I try to nurture people step by step, plateau by plateau, to get them, you know, into a vegan diet. But the greatest thing when you see somebody's been eating a vegan diet, been eating seventy percent raw. I mean, seventy percent cooked and thirty percent raw, and then they find out what happens when you go. You eat another 20%, like what happened with John Joseph. You see your performance. Of course, you feel, you're very healthy. You feel very healthy. But the sense of well-being that comes when you upgrade your diet to the point of uh, where you're getting more raw food into your diet, especially if you're making smoothies and drinking juice. Some of the, the, the poorest information I have ever seen, the information that's coming out lately about juice, and I'd like to touch on that if you have a moment, but... Uh, um, if somebody's eating, somebody's a vegan, I heartily encourage them to re- make sure that they're eating 50% of their, uh, their diet raw and to make it a seasonal diet. So in the winter, you know, in the summer, if you can eat more raw, if you can eat like 70% raw, you're going to be better off in the long run. So don't forget, in the long run, when you get to 60, 70, and 80 is when you're really going to reap the rewards of what we're doing here. Mm. That's really important. Plus, you can survive, you know, even survive catastrophic illness. If you, it could make the difference between living and dying. So then when the winter comes, you make it a seasonal diet. So when the winter comes and you're very cold, you know, and you don't want to, you know, go to all the trouble it takes to stay on a raw drive through the bitterest climate. And I know what that feels. I ran through the prevention marathon. It was 10 below zero. got severe frostbite and everything I did on a raw diet. Now, I don't recommend people do that. That's extreme. I'm an extreme person because I'm, I have a, a scientific curiosity how far we can push the human body, what their outer perimeters, the outer limits really are. I'm not saying people should do these things. I had to find out for myself what was really possible, what was really true. So can you be extremely healthy on a, a cooked vegan diet where you're eating 50%? Of course you can. You're leaving out cake, canvas, soda, ice cream, cigarettes. Think about what you're leaving out. All these things that just tear the human body down, you know, as years go on. 
where they trigger your genetic mechanism where your body just can't cope with it no more. If can, Should I encourage people to do even better? Why not? Why settle for mediocrity? when you? Why not strive to be the most that you possibly can? I don't want to, I want to be, I figured that I started out in a very pretty bad beginning. So I want to be the most that I possibly can. If I had stayed the way I was, only God knows where I would end ended up. I probably would end up in some of the worst places. But you know what? I was blessed. I became aware. Somebody made aware of what you could do by changing your lifestyle. How you, What could happen to you if you commit yourself to be the most that you possibly can, to leave out the processed food, to, to deal with the social ramifications, to the deal, like, don't forget, years ago, 40 years ago, I dealt with a lot of ridicule. People thought, that's ridiculous. When that guy's a nutritionist, what he's telling people, you, you can give up animal protein, or you need the animal protein if you're going to be a competitive athlete, or you're not going to have any energy. If you want to fast and you're not going to have any energy, it's not true. In fact, Rory took something off the Internet. When I had my show, some guy, Dick Gregory, had fasted 57 days and walked and ran 100 miles. That's on the Internet. You could look it up. Barbara Moore ran across the country, an English physician. And when she was running back, she got ran over by a car. She was on juices. So you have to look at what people could do. Because when I was on a show, this young fellow was in a health food store, and he said, I don't believe people could do things like that. So I was standing right two people behind this young guy, and the girl that was behind the counter, I knew her, and that's when I had the show. She said, why don't you talk to Freddie? He's right behind you. So I didn't want to say nothing. I was trying to hide, being perfectly honest, because I didn't want the guy to feel bad or to be embarrassed. He turned around. He was already said, well, don't take it personally. I said, no, I don't take it personally. He said, I'll tell you what, I'd like to see you do it. I challenge you to do it. So I stood there for a moment, and then I said, okay. I said, but you have to trust me. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go on a fast. I'll fast 10 days on water. And Rory took the picture off the Internet because I looked, had somebody take it off because I looked very, very thin because I was thin to start with. And I had just previously I had done a fast. So I fasted 10 days, went to Cold Lake Park. I thought it would just be me and him and a couple other people. Well, there's 50 people there with cameras. I fasted 10 days on water, and I ran 10 miles just like they did in the Stockholm fast because – those people were my mentors, like Ragnarberg, Otto Buchinger. So we have, we could have a great destiny. We could help people. We could actually change the world by one, even we have to do it one person at a time, by getting people to go vegan, a healthy vegan diet. They have to use a few, few supplements by all means to go right ahead and do it. But this is dramatic. The impact and people, there's a lot of people that don't want you to do this because you'll be cutting into uh, degenerative disease where people very rarely get sick. You'll very rarely get sick if you stay within your parameters, don't eat late at night, eat all you want, enjoy your life, go dancing, get into the martial arts, you know, run, go to the beach, grounding, you know, walking barefoot, running barefooted near the ocean like I would like to do. So you're getting the magnetic energy that's going to work through your electrical system because our central nervous system is a mini volt electrical system. You're on, you're doing a great thing here because you have a um, a public voice here where more and more people are looking for answers. People are tired of being told we're living longer than ever, which is true, but we're getting sicker. With every amount of uh, 
medical technology, we're getting sicker and sicker. Now they're worried about Ebola. Here they, this, this guy was an evangelist, went to Africa, and now some public figures are saying they shouldn't let him back into the country. Come on, will you give me a break? That is a, that is a disgrace. That a man that was a medical doctor went to Africa, somehow he got Ebola, and some hypochondriac, I don't want to mention his name, I don't particularly care for the, the guy to start with, because I don't like egotistical people. He's saying you shouldn't let this guy into the country. Come on, give me a break. We, we have a responsibility to take care of other people. So when I listen to you, Dr. Fred, you're very holistic. You've got the whole moral, ethical thing going on along with the health. Now, I know that Natalie is just chomping at the bit to ask you some more questions, but I think our listeners want to know two things, well, and they're short answers. How long have you been vegan, and how long have you been raw? Well, 50 years, the answer to that question is 50 years, oh, just shy of 50 years. I have not eaten cooked food in some place between 48 and 50 years. I don't, listen, at this point in my life, I don't keep track of everything I do. You know, when people walk up to me and say, oh, how old is, uh, how old, you know, they, did you know that fella? Yeah, how old was he again? I don't really remember. I don't, because I don't try to remember those things. I have a good memory, but I just don't try to remember yeah, And you things. do have a good memory. That was one of the things I was noticing as you were speaking today without any notes, just going completely off the top of your head and remembering not just the facts of your own research and your own work, but the names of people, which people who, you know, get in their 50s, immediately it's like, who? Who who was that? And you were just right there. Well, you know, I, it's still pretty good. You know, it might not be as good as it was, but it's still pretty good. I can remember. Remember, remember I, I can't keep notes, though. I, if, I, if I come up here and I have to I keep notes and, you know, I have to read aloud, I'm in trouble. because mm. I'm a dyslexic. Well, you're so, wonderful. So I don't do speaker. that. So I, everything I do... Is right out of my, you know, my conscious mind. I don't do it like that. I don't attempt to do it. Even my oldest, my oldest daughter always makes, uh, she kind of makes fun of me. She's like, Dad, come on, you speak like you have a mouthful of marbles, you know. And yeah, when I was young, that I would have been offended. When I was a young kid in high school, somebody said that to me, they would have been pulling my fist out of their mouth because that was very, 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 a very sensitive thing for me to, to, to know that, to think that. You know, there was something that I was uh, no, some I kind think, of a stupid person. I think you've got an amazing accent. You've got an authentic New York City well, accent. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, <laughs> we have New York City, Australia, and Kansas City all here at the same table. So we're, we're doing pretty well. I see, Natalie, you have a whole stack of questions from the Main Street Vegan Academy class, and we are just coming up to break. So we're going to ask you all these in the next section, Fred. So we're not going to get the full impact of your wisdom, but we're going to get some ideas on some pretty interesting questions. The book, Your Health Journey, order it seriously, seriously, or I'll even lend you mine. No, I won't because you wouldn't give it back. Stay with us through these messages. No offense, not that you wouldn't give it back, but that it's so good you won't want to give it back. You know what I mean. Stay with us. We'll be back with more Main Street Vegan right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. He's the most talked about figure in history. How do you see Jesus? As a savior, a way shower, a mythical hero. In his cutting-edge new book, Jesus 2.1, an upgrade for the 21st century, 
Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard explores the many human concepts of Jesus. The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, trusted king when earthly governments fail, all-purpose superhero who will save the day before the final credits roll. Jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications. Now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the Jesus program with updates for today, just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do. The Romans killed Jesus for being a revolutionary. Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents. Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org. Is the world we live in making you ill? Fast food, junk food, feeling overwhelmed, not enough time? People are stressed, anxious, overweight, depressed, and have numerous health issues that are being treated with pills. There really is a way to get back to good health without the use of medication, and it's not rocket science or hard work. Primary Brain Repair is a simple, natural method developed by Dr. Suka that can give you relief from your symptoms and help prevent long-term health problems. You can have more energy and a release from pain and suffering, along with a new, joyful sense of self increasing your physical, emotional, and spiritual health. It's called Wellness Simplified. Join Dr. Suka on Fridays at 3 p.m. Central Time and learn more about her healing method. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm here with Natalie Jandal and Dr. Fred Vichy, and we have so many questions for the good doctor, the good nutritionist. What have you got, Natalie? Um, From one of our students, I have an autistic son. Have you had any experience treating kids with autism? Yes. Uh, Actually, I've been pretty successful in treating children with autism. Uh, The thing is, it all depends upon how old the child is. And if they reach the age of reasoning and how well they could follow direction without having something imposed on them. Because you, you say you have a child that's three or four years old and uh, you can't force him to do something, uh, you know, to eat certain foods and leave out certain foods just to impose it on them and make them do it with discipline. That might not always be the best idea. But if you can get a child to that has autism to where, where I would begin is, of course, it's common knowledge now to give up the gluten and to give up the dairy. That's common knowledge. And then to give up uh, all the, the processed food. That alone will give, a, give great results. Then it's perfectly safe for a child to be brought up on a vegan diet as long as you're connecting all the dots and getting all the nutrients that you need. There's no reason why you can't get enough uh, protein from a vegan diet. That is utterly ridiculous. And, of course... Everybody goes to, you know, vitamin B12 and trace minerals. Okay, so if you're going to get a tremendous amount of uh, benefit from giving up animal protein and you have to take a vitamin B12, so what? What's wrong with that? Mm. 
I always look at it as the rent that I have to pay for the tremendous privilege of getting to be vegan. Absolutely. It's a trade-off. A lot of people come to me and, they, you know, they, they got serious, um, serious disease and they're being treated by a doctor. And, of course, I'm not a medical doctor. It's illegal for me to give medical advice. And sometimes they're being told by somebody, you know, no, don't get no medical treatment. That's a mistake sometimes. I says, listen, there are cases when you need, you know, uh, the, the assistance from a medical doctor. Like there's certain cases where surgery is going to help a person survive. So they're around, they're around long enough so they can institute a diet that's going to help them remedy their condition. So I don't think it's a one size fit all. The, the same answer is for everybody. But can, getting back to the question, can you help? A child that's autistic, mm-hmm. that from a lifestyle change, Abs- unequivocally, absolutely yes. Because I've seen uh, children. I have one. Uh, there's one girl right now. She was autistic, and pretty severely. She's a college student right now. She calls me up every once in a while. Then I had another young fella from down south that was really bad. Came a very wealthy family, and his family actually had his mother, who was pretty radical thinker. Actually had people come in, hired people come in, start feeding this young kid raw smoothies and raw foods and everything. She bought a $100,000 hyperbaric chamber because hyperbaric uh, oxygen works very well for, for, um, for autistic children. But you have to be realistic. Um, there are children that are, that, are, um, that are autistic that actually didn't get the vaccinations. There's a whole bunch. This, this is not a simple answer. Uh, um, can you help them? Absolutely. When you leave out the processed food and you let the body's God-given remedial process take on, take over, no matter what we think, in some cases, no matter what medical science tells you or nutritional science, the body in its infinite wisdom knows how to go through all these pathways, through these, this, this, you know, insurmountable amount of cells and through gen- genetic expression. And of course, they're getting more and more better programs now. Where that for autistic children, that that can be helped, you know, through the through uh, all the different medical programs they have. And I certainly don't think um, if I had an autistic child, one of my grandchildren was autistic. I I think very carefully before I put him on some kind of medication, though, because that might be contributing to the problem palliating a symptom and not getting at the underlying core. That seems to be what we do a lot of anyway. I know we have a lot of questions, but you wanted to talk about juice in the last segment. I want to make sure you have time to do okay, that. So some right. people are saying juicing is not good. Yeah, I, it's a pretty amazing. Uh, uh, a young lady wrote an article in uh, Slate magazine. I forget her name. And she was kind of ridiculing people that were running these juice bars and the question of the people drinking juices, it was almost like an eating disorder. It wasn't really doing anything. And she quoted a couple traditional scientific people. And one of the pe- people that she quoted was uh, Dr. Elizabeth Applegate from the University of California. And Dr. Applegate, which I have a lot of respect for, she said that uh, juicing uh, really wasn't a good idea because you weren't getting enough uh, fat and enough protein in your juice. Well, unfortunately... I believe she missed the whole point completely. That's the reason why juicing works so well, because the you're not you don't want to get the fat and the protein in juice. You're getting more than enough vitamins and minerals, 
And it's a very powerful alkalizer. It isn't like doing a water fast when you can really suffer because your body's reducing all its endogenous acid and you're going to really feel, you won't feel good even though you are recovering. But with juices, the juices are highly alkaline. And what they do is they neutralize these endogenous acids so you won't have the symptoms. But the great thing about the juices is the whole point is you're not getting the fats and the protein from an outside source. As you lose weight, your body is autolyzing, reabsorbing your own fat and your own protein. That's where it's getting the fat and the protein from. Dr. Ragnar Berg, the gentleman I mentioned before, won a Nobel Peace Prize in biochemistry. He coined the phrase autolysis. He called it autolysis. So somebody mentioned that and somebody looked it up, I think, in Mark Manual or something, and they said it's not in there. Well, it's not going to be in there if you don't know about Ragnar Berg. I call it autolysis because you're reabsorbing. You're actually worth being fueled. You're getting enough fat, enough protein off your own, your own tissue. That's how you think a person could, how do you think I did that? I was able to run 10 miles drinking water because I was running off my own reserves. Now, when you do that, you first start, you don't realize that you're going to be able to do it. I knew I could do it because I had done it before. I'm sure people like Barbara Moore, Dick Gregory, and all these people have done it before, and Dr. Carl Otto Ali, and... When you're, when you're speaking about Otto Buchinger, Dr. Carl Otto Ali, and uh, Ragnar Berg, and all these brilliant, especially some of the people that run those German clinics, you're not talking about somebody that just come out from the Canary Islands with uh, meditating underneath a coconut tree, you know, wearing some kind of a white sheet. You're talking about brilliant traditional scientists that this was part of their life's work that don't really understood what, what's, what's going on here. So... I can't see how anybody could justify that kind of a statement that, you know. Well, I love juice. We did a juice and smoothie demo this morning to start the class with today. And I think when you drink a glass of juice, it makes you want to eat better food. It just changes. Well, how do you feel when you drink juice? Amazing. Me, I've done a lot of long-time juice. And to be honest with you, I really didn't want to go back to eating. (laughs) I just, you know, I said, well, I could just. My daughter just did a 30-day juice fast. I mean, my daughter is. A superwoman. I mean, she's a. I never seen too many women that was as strong as she was. She not only was working two jobs: a Pilates instructor, school summer school teacher. She was dancing salsa. She's a fabulous dancer. Working out twice a day, up to eleven o'clock at night. And what was she drinking? Juice. Juice. It's amazing. Now, if Nothing you would, else, no. would like to juice with Dr. Fred Bishi, does that sound cool? Would we all love that? Well, if you're in the Northeast or you could get to the Northeast in the fall of 2014, that date has not yet been announced, but it will be. You can check out the info at fredbishy4health.com. There's going to be in Morristown, New Jersey, at a beautiful retreat center, a Juice Fast Yoga and Qigong Retreat lectures Q&A from this brilliant man and then finishing with a wonderful raw food luncheon and more great talk with Fred Vichy. So we're going to look for the date on that. I want to be there. My husband even said he would come and he doesn't do things called retreat. (laughs) But this is different. You know what fascinated him is your martial arts. He's just gotten interested in martial arts. And so that kind of... I'm into to me, I don't think I would be moving my arms around this way if it wasn't for martial arts. Tai Chi, Chi Kong, Chinese martial arts, which is based on movement, very slow movement, and breath. You know, when you're exhaling, whenever you're moving, you have to move very, very slow, and you extend 
I mean, when I first started doing, I couldn't even do this. I couldn't mm-hmm. move like because of a car accident. So yeah, the people right. that didn't didn't so, know so your car now, accident. And then all the movements that you do, you know, they open up your joints, and you while you're moving, you're taking in the oxygen, you're breathing. The effect it's having on your brain and your pain goes away very, very quickly. I, I, I think Qi Kong, everybody should try it. I think it's absolutely an amazing. You have to do move very, very slowly. And, you know, if you look up the Shaolin monks and somebody, how amazing those people were, the people that are into this type of thing. And you don't have to beat people up. You don't have to go out there in the street and challenge somebody. I mean, it's just a wonderful thing to heal your body and to calm your mind, enable you to deal with stress and anxiety. To me, I honestly feel if I wasn't doing that, I would not have survived some of the things I survived because of the the, the, the trauma trauma and the pressure that I've been under dealing with other people around me that are close to me, you know, which I seem to have the attitude that I want to take on, you know, take on everybody else's problems. I don't know why I do that. I still can't figure it out. Well, because you have extra energy. (laughs) So maybe you'll take on theirs. Natalie, you got some more questions over here? Yeah, I do. As a student um, of a vegan lifestyle coach, I know that I'm going to come across this myself, but I wanted to ask you, Fred, when people understand and know the right thing to do, what stops them from being consistent and achieving what you're calling your healthy journey? Well, I think a lot of it has to do, first of all, when you're eating... Uh, a processed diet, eating processed food, we have to remember that that's an addiction. You're almost like an addict. It's very hard to uh, for some people to overcome the addiction to processed food and the cravings. They can go on a raw diet or a vegan diet, and they can go on it for a week or two, uh, maybe even a month or so with some people. I see some people that do it very, very well. They go right into it. But what happens, as soon as they come under stress, they have an unfortunate experience in their life. I just had to have seen that happen recently. Somebody had some, some a family member got very sick, and they jumped right off their diet. They went right to their comfort food. What was it? The processed food. They undone all the good things that they did. I said that was the worst. You know, you know. Excuse me, but that was the worst time to do that. That's when you should have stayed on your diet. You could have dealt with the stress mm-hmm. and you know what you uh, all the problems you were having. So and. You have to understand the concept of what you leave out. If you don't leave it out 100%, if you leave it out 98%, it's like saying I eat a perfect diet, but every once in a while I smoke a little crack. You're never going to get free of that habit. Mm. Once you leave out 100%, then it only takes a short time, then your cravings are gone. They just go away. You don't even want to eat that stuff again. I Many times people say, oh, Freddie, come on, you know, break loose. They don't understand that I can't do it. I have no desire to do it. Mm. They say, well, you have remarkable discipline. No, I don't. It's not discipline. Yeah. It's I know what it's going to do to me. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not the type of guy who has any kind of fears or phobias. I'm just the opposite. I've done things that, you know, really not the safest things to do. Mm. But it's, it's, I know this is the best thing for me. I know the space that it has me in emotionally, psychologically. I know the confidence it's given me to do to do some of the things I do. You know, it's not easy when you're a dyslexic to go out and speak in front of a large group of people. Trust me, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But I have no problem with it. And uh, if I ever had a read, then I would have a problem with it. So, but no, I, I'm just saying good for you. <laughs> I could listen to you forever. 
trying to get, we've got three minutes and I have more questions here. One of the students is asking, are there any specific vegetables or nuts or other foods you'd recommend for runners or, or athletes, but especially before or after a long run? Well, uh, if you're a long distance athlete, as I said before, don't be afraid of the sugars in fruit. Okay, because if you know when how to use them, your blood sugar will not go up and down. You're not gonna it's not gonna go up and you come down where you're gonna have uh, your blood sugars are gonna go too low. So the key is what I used to do with all marathons I ran. I always ran them on an empty stomach because the day before I was I didn't you didn't have to carb all over. You was eating I was eating plenty of because I was exercising every day. You're not secreting insulin after you exercise. I used to exercise a lot. Now. The, the, the low glycemic food are probably better for most people. There are people that tell you to eat. If you're a hard training endurance athlete and you're running and riding your bike, you can eat like 10, 15 bananas a day. I guess you've heard about that. I don't know if you heard about that. I don't encourage that. You don't have to. You could actually run a marathon on, on, uh, on the, the energy from two, maybe three bananas. And the vegetables, the vegetables have plenty of sugar in them. People don't realize that. Even wheatgrass juice has sugar in it. So, you, it's not hard to get enough calories. What I recommend for an endurance athlete, eat, eat some fruit, eat a plant-based diet, drink the vegetable juices, eat a variety of different vegetables. Don't be afraid to eat carrots and things like that, the, the starchy vegetables. And if you're eating cooked food, you want to eat some potatoes and sweet potatoes and yams. If you're, if you're into eating cooked tubers, if you eat them and you eat them, say you had a juice, a salad, some steamed vegetables, and you had two or three um, sweet potatoes or yams, you're going to run across, uh, you're going to run to Staten Island. You're going to have more energy than you know what to do with. Yay, I want that kind of energy. Last minute, what would a sample menu be like for you for one full day? Well, basically, that, that's very, very simple. Uh, my diet consists of fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, sprouts, juices, and smoothies. That's it. So I don't have a fixed menu. I always, you know, sometimes Rory and I get together, and uh, he's really good at, he's got a lot of discipline. He's very structured. So he brings up some juices, and, uh, you know, we'll drink some juices. Then we'll stop. We'll go to a uh, uh, stop and get a, uh, a vegan salad. But at home, I usually get up in the morning. I do my ex- First thing I do is I do my uh, about 45 minutes of G-Kong. I do it barefooted out in the backyard, or I go down to the beach. Otherwise, I there's some big hills where I live. You know, I, I either go up and down those hills and come back, and then I have a juice, and uh, then I'll wait. I'll have some fruit. Then I'll have myself a big salad. And I'm, I love big salads with sprouts in it. Then I might have another juice, and then in the evening, and then I'll, you know, even I'll have another salad, or I eat some more fruit. I like fruit. I eat plenty of fruit. I'm a fruit eater. I want to do exactly what you do because I want to be 84 and I want to be cool like you. Thank you so, so much, Dr. Fred Vichy. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Victoria and Fred. That was amazing. You're mesmerizing. Thank you. Mesmerizing. That's a perfect word. You guys mesmerized? We all are here. Thank you so much for being part of the Main Street Vegan Show today. Thanks for being part of this wonderful work, this amazing community, and all the good it's possible to do in this world. So everybody, God bless you, and eat your veggies and fruits. 
Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Do you experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw. And on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts. 